hosting for Two Blokes Talking Tech. Proudly provided by Web Central. Now, it's time for Two Blokes Talking Tech. There is a lot going on in technology, as always. Online about technology. Fantastic to get these speeds on a mobile phone, isn't it? The speeds on this thing are amazing. Two blokes talking tech. Very nice, snappy performance. It's a good phone. Yeah, there's a few pros and cons with this. With Trevor Long from yourtechlife.com. Now, my advice to people who like this kind of service is... And Stephen Fennick from techguide.com.au. I really like this new service. Gives you that flexibility to hear your music anywhere. Two blokes talking tech. Stephen and Trevor always providing the best advice. Lots to talk about on Two Blokes Talking Tech. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech. And thank you for listening, thank you for downloading Two Blokes Talking Tech, episode 153. Thanks to the good people at Netgear, netgear.com.au, for information on your home and small business networking needs. We'll tell you about them a little later. But joining me each and every week and back on deck here in Australia uh, from techguide.com.au, Stephen Fennick. G'day, mate. Good evening, Trevor. Good to be back on home soil. Oh, stop it. Into the program. It's not good to be back. You love being in New York. <laughs> I could tell. I, I had a great time. It was like your, it was like your tweets and Facebooks had had emotion in them. I could feel it. I could feel your love. <laughs> I for didn't that go place. too crazy. I, I think I did more Instagramming than I did Facebooking and tweeting. Yeah. Well, let me but, let uh, me yeah. be clear. If I was there, you'd find out. You'd know every five seconds what I was doing. You'd make to do a lot of Instagrams. I mean, in fact, you've been a bit quiet on Instagram. Oh, sorry. What do you mean busy at work, mate? What's doing? Oh. <laughs> What the hell? You got to, you're actually working for a change. Yeah, I've been busy. Lots going oh, okay. on. Yeah. Lots going on. In, in... You're good. You're good for about eight or nine Instagrams a day. Yeah, sometimes. Sometimes. What's your phone broken or something? Yeah. I don't know what's wrong with you? Well, mate, I'm, I'm running the, rocking the HTC One, but it runs it, it runs Instagram pretty well, so I don't know why. It does, yeah. I'll have I'm to take a good, soon, I'm rocking hard look at myself, uh, and we'll do that after two bucks talking tech. Two bucks talking tech. You're listening to two bucks talking tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Now, I don't know uh, how to how to describe this other than the best meal I've ever had. Um, but I was invited, <laughs> invited to a restaurant in Sydney. I think it was yesterday, and I, I you know, me, mate, Spanish restaurant, wasn't it, Trev? I got no idea. Portino yeah, is what it was Spanish. called. And uh, I've rocked up going, yeah, whatever. You know, not really too concerned. But it was a lunch, so it meant I didn't have to pay for lunch. So I was off, <laughs> mate. I've sat down, I've forgotten that there was a product launch on because it was the most amazing ribs I've ever eaten in my life. But it turns out that it was all very themed around Game of Thrones. Now, I don't watch Game of Thrones, so that's why I didn't kind of pick what? the theme. Uh, but uh, the announcement was uh, PlayStation, Michael Ephraim and, uh, and a couple others from PlayStation, plus some representatives from Foxtel were in the room, which was a dead giveaway for what was going on. They, they announced that as of that day, so earlier this week, on your PS3, you can now get the Foxtel Play application if you want to then uh, use it and sign up to a subscription with Foxtel uh, on their Play um, subscription service, which is that yep. kind of $25 uh, plus $25 per bolt-on package. Um, you can now get that on the PS3, and it's coming soon to the PS4. It's kind of, uh, you know what, I'd forgotten or not realized it wasn't even on the PS3. Yeah, well, it ha- it has been on the Xbox 360 yeah. for quite a while, um, and much, much to Sony's chagrin, I think. They were, were hoping to get it on the PS3 ASAP, but uh, and of course it's available on Mac, PC, Samsung and LG smart TVs as well. But I think it's a no-brainer that the, the PS3 owners, and the, a lot of them have a connected device. That's the nature of the product. You connect yeah. it, you play online, uh, and you know this, this is... Uh, yet again, Foxtel, smart move on their part. Nice timing with Game of Thrones. Yeah. Everyone's going to be looking to Foxtel to watch this show. It's it's a blockbuster. Um, and what I like about it is there's no contracts, no need for an installation, 
essentially the PS3 is your set-top box. You need a broadband connection, so take note that you're going to have a a solid data download because it streams all that through your broadband connection. You can't record. Uh, That's another thing that people need to note. But for for a casual use, like and the the beauty of it is you can go month to month. Say you you know you've got school holidays on, you can you can bolt on the kids pack for one month and give the kids some entertainment. You're going away for for two months, you can cancel it. So I like that flexibility because you know not everyone can afford you know 145 bucks a month for the platinum package with all the bells and whistles. Mm. But it's a good offering that also offers uh, as part of the deal Foxtel Go. That's right. So if you've got an iPad or a Samsung Android smartphone or tablet, you can uh, or an iPhone, you can watch those other channels on two other devices. So in terms of value, I think it's uh, it's pretty good. Yeah, and I, look, I, I'm looking back at it now, and I remember when it launched, you know, and it's hard for people that have got Foxtel or have it available to them but don't want it because you don't realise how much some people would like to have it um, and simply can't because of the barrier of no satellite or no cable or whatever it might be. And the, the subscriptions for originally on Foxtel, on uh, Xbox and stuff like that, was a little bit complicated. It was a little bit kind of not a standard, easy-to-read package. This is so easy. It's just pick a package, it's 25 bucks. Pick another package, it's um, 35 uh, you know, 45 for 3 50 for 4 And then if you want the sport or the big movie stuff, it's 25 bucks on top of that. It's really easy to, easy to follow, really, really easy to bolt on. And it's a minimum of 25 bucks, which is actually not bad. Yeah. So... Um, PS3 now and PS4 soon. That they wouldn't hint as to when, but you know PS4 is a whole new development platform. So they're basically um, chosen to to go now rather than wait to launch them both at the same time because of the Game of Thrones. I yeah, well, you you got to remember too that there's already more than two million play PS3 yeah. owners in Australia. So there's a natural base of users right there. PS4 users are obviously growing as well. I was a bit surprised though they never went. PS4, like how much different can the platform be to PS3? Like, oh, no, I thought they would have rolled it out across the board. It would have been a more powerful announcement, I think. No, it's very different. I mean, as from a development perspective, it is like building Android and iOS at the same time. I suppose um, if you can't play PS3 games on a PS4, of course it's different, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And and that's the problem is, and as you, you rightly say, they just went, you know what? Let's not wait. We've got a couple of million people using the PS3. Yeah. It's not a bad thing. Uh, and, you know, people with the PS4 uh, right now, are probably your premium custom anyway. Who they they may not want it because they may have Foxtel. So early adopter, or, or premium they've customer. still got their PS3. True, I mean well, the PS4 owners probably still. I'm one of them. I've still got yeah. my PS3, and and the PS3 is still for sale as well. You should remember it's yeah. not has it's still available to buy. Yeah, it's still a platform. So if you're thinking you don't want to spring for the the PS4, you're still going to get a lot of value out of the PS3, which is now cheaper than ever and smaller than ever. It's a quite a small uh, console now, mm. so. Uh, you know, good on Sony, good on Foxtel. I think it's a solid move there, and I can't believe you don't watch Game of Thrones. You, you must be the only bloke I know that doesn't watch it. Yeah, mate, you're going to have to sell it to me one day. I just don't understand. Pretty, yeah. I've read the books too. I'm, I'm pretty, I'm, I'm solid into it. So, um, mm. yeah, there's a lot of people that are just TV only fans, but mm. I'm one of the TV and book fans. I think it's, uh, mate, you're going to be hearing a lot about it. It starts season four starts on uh, early next week, Monday our time. I look forward to your podcast, One Bloke Talking Game of Thrones, because <laughs> i got nothing. It'll be like me and you doing a, a show about well, let's chat Phantom about it Comics. Week. Phantom I'll have Comics, it next so week's episode. I'll give you one segment we'll dedicate to me describing what Game of Thrones is. In fact, I can describe it in one sentence to you right now. Okay. It's like, it's like Sopranos with swords. Oh, okay. That's what it's like. Families against each other, a bit of a power struggle. Swords and dragons. Oh, see, the dragons is where you lose me. It's not real. But, uh, Sopranos you know, is real. 
you know, in yeah. the sense that it's a TV it's show. I'm, I'm, mate, what I like about the show is that it's you don't know what's around. Like, I know what's around the corner because I've read the books. But people who who just go on in TV only, mm. it's quite a roller coaster because the author is not afraid to kill off his main characters. Right. Like you're thinking, wow, like this one of the main characters, wow, he's dead, like, and and kills them two or three at a time. Right. So it's. Uh, there's a lot of actors on the set that are nervous, thinking, "Am I going to this week or what?" Am I read the books, people. Read right. the books. Yeah, that's right. I think they're scared to read the books. The hint was in the black and white. Listen, uh, I look forward to the many, many tweets uh, that'll oh, bag yeah. me out for not watching Game of Thrones. Thanks very much. You can follow me on Twitter at Trevor Long, and you can uh, praise Stephen for his love and, and uh, adoration of Game of Thrones at Stephen Fennick with a PH. Two blokes talking tech. Uh, it was a, a pretty solid announcement from Microsoft last week, and I, I was actually in the right time zone for this because uh, it mm. was 1 p.m. New York time. I think it was like 4 in the morning Australian time, so it was a little bit friendlier for me, uh, where the new MD, Satya Nadella, got up and pretty much everyone was anticipating this. He got up and uh, announced the fact that Microsoft's most popular piece, piece of software, Office, uh, which consists of Word, Excel, and PowerPoint, is uh, now available for the iPad. Ah, yes. And Big the, deal. the release was, well, it, it was, there was a lot of interest around it because to me it was interesting that Microsoft were going out of their way. Like, you know, obviously Apple's a, a rival company of theirs, but Microsoft know the power of their product, in this case Office, and they thought, well, you know, if you can't beat them, offer it to them because there's going to be a lot of Apple users and I'm one of them. I've got yeah. a book pro and I use Office on mine all the time. Every day I use Office and there's billions of other users that, who are in the same boat. So Microsoft, their announcement I think was a significant one that, that, that Office was developed especially for the iPad. So it offers the same kind of look and feel but obviously optimised for touch. Uh, so it gives it gives users a, a way to access documents, view their documents, edit them. Hmm. But even though it was a free download, a lot of people thought, oh, great, free download, but they didn't realize that if you want to use it on your tablet, on your iPad, you do need to subscribe to Office 365, which I think mm. is 120 bucks a year. Yeah, and so, so when you download it for free, it is a massive enhancement to your iPad from day one because when someone emails you a, a Word doc, a PowerPoint, or a spreadsheet, it will open it natively into Office, which is great. So for free, you can view any of those those Word or PowerPoint or Excel documents in, in the environment that, that I guess Microsoft would yeah. intend them to be, and that's fantastic. But, you know, 99 bucks a year or thereabouts or more, um, depending on your country and all those different things, uh, for a subscription to Office 365 is off-putting to many people because the majority of people, I would argue, are still in the buy software mode, so they've paid, you know, $300 for Office, you know, version 6 ago, uh, and they're still running that version on their computer, and they're not ready for the subscription model yet. You know, we're we're aware of this because we're in this place, but most people don't know that software is becoming subscription. And to get Office now, you pay a subscription, you pay monthly. Absolutely. Well, you you look at you look at other more most popular uh, Office uh, um, suites of applications like the Adobe, uh, their, their creative uh, packs. You know, the Photoshop, Illustrator, all those big packs exactly. now that are they've gone in up into the cloud as a subscription base as well. Office, Microsoft thinking, well, we've got a product to con- to contend with that kind of popularity and usage. And obviously, that the fact that it's coming through Apple's, uh, it's an in-app purchase. Apple are making money there too. They get their thirty percent cut of all of that. Yeah. So if you purchase Office three six five for your iPad too, 
they get a slice of that as well. So Apple are, are, aren't sort of crying poor here. They make a, a slice of it as well. But I, I found it interesting that, that they offer the whole package free for your iPhone because you're not really going to create PowerPoint uh, presentations and Excel spreadsheets and many Word documents and edit them on your phone. Ah. So that, that's, a, that's a nice touch that they've given it for iPhone and Android for nothing. Yeah. But for your tablet, which is a larger screen, of course, you need to pony up the cash so you can edit, uh, collaborate, share it, create, you know, share, edit the documents, do all that on the large screen. Yeah, and I think one thing that you have to give Microsoft credit for is they held out until they got it right. I mean, this is a really well-designed... This is the kind of thing that... Um, it'd be interesting, really, because, you know, Tim Cook stands up at, at, at uh, keynotes and talks about, um, you know, sales and all these things, talks about the beauty of iWork, and we'll talk about that in a minute, too. But, you know, he also talks about how apps are built for tablet, built for iPad, um, you know, often shows a really crappy Android um, tablet version of, of software. You know, this is a really good example of design for the iPad, and Microsoft did well to hold out and do it properly. Yeah, I agree, and I, I, I like the fact that the new CEO is really like because I think Steve Ballmer, the previous CEO, I was reading, he was he was a little resistant to this yeah. move, uh, which is why I think they've waited for the new bloke to start, and he's the one who's pushed this forward, the whole Office for iPad sort of thing. He sort of he saw the iPad as as not as an enemy, but as a, as an ally in terms of getting more users to the platform. Yeah. But it's also pushing the the fact that Office is all about now the cloud and these cloud services hmm. because OneDrive is another another popular feature of theirs, and OneDrive is how you can save these Office documents to the cloud. Hmm. So the whole people, even though they're using an iPad, they're still using a lot of Microsoft product in you know through the app through the storage. So there's still a bit of a, a decent Microsoft footprint for those users, even though they're using it on an Apple product. Yeah. So I think he's embraced he's embraced the that 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 part of the market there, and you, you can see straight away he's already made his mark on the company and he's sort of different thinking and how Microsoft's going to stay a profitable company into the future. Cracking stuff, uh, and uh, you can download it right now if you've got an iPad. Uh, you can easy grab uh, Office from the App Store. It's free to download, but as Stephen has pointed out, if you want to edit and, and create documents, you need to pay the subscription, but certainly free to have on your device so you can uh, read and view all your Office documents as they come through. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. With Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. And it's all thanks to the good people at Netgear, netgear.com.au. Nice new website for Netgear too. If you want to check it out, just go to netgear.com.au, um, separating things out beautifully into home and small business and the like. And I think there's no point talking about uh, anything other still than the, the amazing Nighthawk smart Wi-Fi router. This is the ultimate in Wi-Fi. Um, if you love gaming... This is absolutely the router for you, but not just gaming. I mean, if you're delivering um, uh, IP television or streaming streaming video or music around your home, this is a device that will give you fantastic coverage and fantastic delivery with its dual one core one gigahertz dual core processor, uh, the fastest Wi-Fi available, less lag, uh, less buffering, and the Nighthawk has the Beamforming Plus, which basically sends the Wi-Fi signal directly to your device, which gives you better coverage uh, and better range. It's a fantastic product. You'll you'll find it uh, for around three hundred bucks at your retail centres, uh, and it's a, a hot selling product across Australia right now. Uh, Nick, you're very happy with the product, and it's selling beautifully globally. And it's a stunning little thing to have on on your desk or your home office too. 
the Netgear Nighthawk router, um, the AC1900 Nighthawk. Check it out at netgear.com.au. Now, you wouldn't expect that we'd be talking about the Royal Easter Show here in Sydney, but the big Easter show is, uh, is happening very, very soon, Stephen. And my information... My information is that Stephen Fennick, there is a Stephen Fennick show bag, is that correct? Or have I I misinterpreted what you wanted to talk about tonight? Not quite, mate. I know know that you've called me a show bag, and, you know, (laughs) a show bag is, you know, full of shit, but anyway. (laughs) But uh, no, not this time around, mate. There's a new tech arena at the Easter show, and I'm very proud to say that I'll be hosting the stage, the tech stage inside the tech arena. So, tech arena is like a little mini tech show. You can sort of get your hands on some of the latest products and innovations. And at 10, 12, 2, and 4 p.m., I'll be uh, giving different Let's Talk Tech uh, little uh, little presentations, uh, talking about smartphones, uh, you know, the shape of things to come, what we can expect in the future, some tech tips and tricks, as well as the farm of the 21st century, because it is, after all, the Royal Agricultural Show. Mm. Uh, and the technology on the farm is actually quite remarkable. That's going to be an interesting little session, that one. But, yeah, April 10 is when the Easter show kicks off. It's the first time they've had the tech arena. I'm very proud to be involved in it this time around. So if you're out there and you want to say g'day, come up and uh, either listen in the audience. We're going to have an interactive presentation. It's not just a one-way, not just one-way traffic off the stage. We've got an interactive presentation uh, out there. Uh, and as I said, four sessions a day, but feel free to come up and say good day and hopefully you can listen to some of my presentations and maybe learn a thing or two about your devices and what's coming up in the near future. You're going to smash some dad with dogs in between 10, 12, 2 and 4, aren't you? What are you, what are you going to do in between? The- oh, no, I'll have, I think I'll be doing a bit of work for Tech Guide just quietly, mate, as, yeah. and some radio, my normal radio sessions as well. So it's going to be a busy fortnight, but one I'm really looking forward to, hopefully I'll meet some of our two blokes talking tech listeners and hopefully some of my Tech Guide listeners as well and Tech Guide readers uh, and 2GB listeners. I've been uh, plugging it on the radio as well. So get out there and say good day, and maybe sit in the audience, interact with my presentation and uh, have a bit of fun as well. Beautiful. Uh, the Easter show starts April 10 and Mr. Finnick will be in the Tech Arena 10, 12, 2 and 4 each and every day. I'll be out there, mate. I'll come and have a look. Two weeks talking tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen. I'm going to sit in the audience. Hi, Stephen. Long time listener, first time up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to wear, wear a mask and ask you questions. It'll be awesome. Um, while, we, uh, while we're on, we we're just talking about Office for the iPad. Um, uh, iWork is Apple's big thing, and you know they, they've done a lot in the last kind of 12 to 18 months on this to make it a very cloud-based situ- situation. Um, mul- you know, huge editing capabilities across the cloud, across multiple users, collaboration, uh, and it's free. And uh, mate, Apple have announced some improvements to iWork. It's a kind of and, and very interesting timing, really, don't you think? Absolutely, yeah. It's. Uh, I don't think it's a coincidence that Apple have made a made a big deal about these updates. And you're right, they they've offered the alternative because look, it's only like the iPad's iPad's been out for nearly four years, and Microsoft Office has only appeared now. So in the meantime, Apple have done well to create. Uh, to sort of plug the gap there with their own versions of Word, which is which is Pages, their own version of PowerPoint, which is Keynote, their own version of Excel, which is Numbers, and they've been as as traditionally created by Apple. They're beautiful applications and really flow well and easy to use, and obviously optimized for the iPad. Uh, but the biggest the biggest announcement came last year was when it, I think it cost like five bucks to buy each of these applications, but then suddenly. At the latest iPad launch, 
they decided to make it all for free. Mm. So you can get iWork now for nothing. So if you do, if you don't want to pay the Office three six five and get your Word, PowerPoint, and Excel the, those programs, mm. you can still use Keynote, Numbers, and um, and Pages, mm. which are still compatible with the with their opposite numbers at Microsoft. But just this week, they've announced, uh, apart from the fact that they're still free, they've announced little improvements on each of them. And, and I'll just sort of go through briefly. On Keynote, some of the improvements, you can actually use your finger to illustrate on slides. You know, if you want to, instead oh, of using yeah. a laser pointer, you can actually circle on the screen and create a little, so you can illustrate things like that. You can have a new view-only settings, so you can share your presentations with others without them ha- having to, ed- they can't edit it yes. as well. You can search presentations by name. Uh, over at Pages, they've also got that view-only setting, so you can share documents, but they can't edit it. So it's kind of like a PDF where they can't change it. Search documents by name, and they've got other new templates on Keynote as well. They've got new transitions so that uh, you can create even more dynamic animations and more entertaining animations. That and uh, So it's good that it's obvious that Apple still want to be part of this, this part of the market. And as you said, interesting timing, just less than a week after Office lands in the App Store, uh, that we get these quite major improvements for these other Office uh, Apple iWork applications. I think it's a challenge, mate. I mean, I I signed up for the iWork beta and I used it online a bit. But the problem is uh, with the cloud, uh, you know, using web-based apps and stuff like that, is you you just don't ever go there by default. And even with my Mac... I seem to default to Word and PowerPoint and Excel just because they're just so familiar to me. And, yeah. and people... Well, it's a force of habit, isn't it? Of yeah. course. People will struggle to make that leap. But I think if if there comes a time where, say, businesses adopt Mac more and they um, they push towards the free software model because, you know, that's what Apple's doing, um, that's when it'll change. It's just a very interesting space. It's really going to be a while before we know how this pans out. I don't think Apple wants to dominate this space. They just want to make sure that they are offering as much as they can to detract, or not detract, but take away from sales as best they can uh, of Microsoft Office subscriptions. Uh, and it's it's a good move. I think they've got a great well, product. It's like, you know, it'd be like, the, it'd be like Fairfax having a newspaper in one part of Australia and News Limited not having a paper in the same, in the same pl- place. Hmm. So I think in this case, Apple still wanted to have their version of it. Hmm. And you've got to remember, they're still free. They're still compatible with with, uh, the Microsoft version. So if you have Pages, for example, you can actually save it off your iPad as a Word document. You can save Numbers as an Excel document. You you can save Keynote as a PowerPoint document. Mm. So they're still in that space. And the fact that it's free is still going to keep a lot of people interested. I, I, I use Pages when I was in New York. Actually, I'd, I'd be, I'd have my iPad, and if I got half an hour, I need to bang out a story. I can use Pages on my iPad, mm. save it up to the cloud. Say even if even if I had to email it to myself or save it as a Word document, then it was easy to to put up online when when I got got the chance. So mm. uh, in that case, I think there's still a, a case to use it. I think. There were some people that were commenting last week when Office for, for iPad came out. Uh, there was one journal, I won't name me, but he was saying, oh, Office for iPad uh, is available. I work, thanks for playing, as if I work's going to suddenly I know. disappear. Yeah, I, I, think it's, I think it's the opposite. I think I work's going to still hold its audience. Is, and, and obviously the Office is going to be there for people who want that familiarity. 
So I think Office is here to stay, and these, the fact they've made these improvements means that Apple intend for it to stay as well. Very much so. Um, interesting Fairfax News Limited analogy. What does that make, if that's Apple and Microsoft, what does that make Perth? Linux? I don't know, but you know what I mean. Like, <laughs> no, they, didn't want, they didn't want to have that space, not 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 no, have their own right. version of something in that space. Don't worry, Perth. We love you. And um, Fairfax and News Limited don't. That's okay. It's fine. You, I didn't mention Perth. What's Perth got to oh, do? They don't have a Fairfax and News Limited paper. I'm just, oh, I'm well, just, you know what I mean. No, it's... but they don't have either. That's my point. Is They're, they're yeah. Linux. They're just sitting there. Oh, I, lived yeah. in, I lived in Perth for two years. <laughs> two years. Longest decade of my life. Um, fantastic. Love you, Perth. <laughs> You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Well, I'm a very big fan of uh, smart home automation, I have to say. And, uh, so am I. There's a few wireless light switches and, and, and switches around my home here. If, if, you know, the house is probably more intelligent than I am, but... Uh, <laughs> One thing, one thing that is going to be pretty big is the home automation market, the smart smart home automation market. According to our good friends at Telsite, who've released a very interesting little report about that, is that the market just in Australia alone is going to be worth almost a billion dollars by twenty seventeen, and that's that's driven by the fact that of late, easy Wi Fi products, uh, you know, lower cost devices. Easy, easy devices to retrofit to existing homes. They're really popular now and only going to grow in popularity. You know, smart home automation has been around for years, but the fact that these devices can now take advantage of existing things like your Wi-Fi network, can, can take advantage of the fact that you own a smartphone and a tablet, these are the things that are driving this market forward. And, you know, no wonder that in 2017 is nearly going to crack a billion dollars. Yeah, well, I've given a fair contribution to that billion already um, with, with the <laughs> stuff that I've done around here. You know, my air conditioner, my light switches. I mean, it, it, there's a lot in home automation too. Even you, you think about vacuums. I mean, the, the robot vacuums is, is, is a yep. form of automation. It's actually wider spread than we would even think and know. And it's just becoming second nature now too. And again, it's it's still early days, very, very early days. But when you talk about these kind of numbers, it really does paint the picture that... Um, that, it, that it's moving somewhere. And the great thing about it is, and we've talked about, you know, things like the Belkin Wemos and stuff, um, Phillips light bulbs, different things. It is, it is getting so easy to do, whether it's a full home or just one room. It's, it's becoming so easy to, to automate your home and, and have a part of this, this little uh, trend that uh, it's well worth checking out. And um, that is a big business that we're yeah, talking but, about. There. And, and the fact too, like many, many years ago, like before the iPad came out, a smart home required like a, a digital a control pad, pad, yeah, and which that was five grand on its own, and you, the wiring and everything. So it was quite a big deal. It, it was kind of the playground of the rich. Like you needed to have a fair bit of cash to have a smart home. Yeah. Now with these kind of devices, and we've all got a Wi-Fi network, we've all got a tablet or a smartphone. So it's kind of taken those pain points out of it and given us more access to the technology. So we can uh, – the, the fact that all you need to make this work is your Wi-Fi network is what's bringing people in droves to stores and buying up these light bulbs and switches and, uh, you know, smart monitors in your garden, in your home and webcams and things like that. And, and by 2017, I think it's going to be uh, – there'll, there'll be more people who, uh, who don't have it than the, those that don't. I think there's – uh, there'll be more people, sorry, that have it that don't have it by 2017. It's going to be so widespread because of the fact that it's easy to use, easy to install, and easy to run off your smartphone or tablet. And you check out those figures about home automation and the Telsite uh, data at techguide.com.au.
Now, a couple of really quick things. Uh, in fact, I'll, we'll do this one really quickly so we can talk about the TVs before your uh, minute reviews. But um, World Backup Day. April Fool's joke or uh, something really important? It's a tough one because people... I think people are a lot more aware now of the need to back up, but you still hear people that lose data. You still hear people that don't know how to back up or aren't backing up in the right way. It's a tough thing, and it's it's a big big problem for us to to upsell and really inform people about the kind of software or hardware solutions that exist to help you with keeping your documents yeah. and your data safe. Well, it's good that the world backup day, and by backup we mean your computer, not backing up in a, in attack when you're playing footy, stuff like that. But uh, <laughs> you, you need you need uh, this global initiative was the day before April Fool's, so it was March 31. But um, I think it's a good idea to draw attention to this to this uh, this thing because people obviously until, many people unfortunately don't realise the importance of it until it's too late, and there are people that have all the best intentions but sometimes don't get the backup right. A lot of people don't realise that your backup can't be on the same computer as your content. So you need to separate that. So if you lose your laptop or it gets stolen, you need to have an external, either external hard drive or an online version of your content. So that that's the whole idea of a yeah. backup. A backup on the same device as your content is not a backup. It's the same. It's the same. Just another copy of your of your content. Yeah, so. and there's so many types of backup. There, there is the you know, grab a portable hard drive, plug it in, put some data on there. Um, actually, do a physical um, you know operating system based backup. And you've got the details about how to do that on TechGuide.com.au. There's there's putting select or, or multiple files into the cloud with a Dropbox or a G Drive or a, um, what's it called um, OneDrive from Microsoft. Yep. So many different cloud based solutions. And then there's doing the formal backup onto a hard drive and putting it at a, at a friend's or a family place because then it's off site and if something catastrophic happened to your home, you're not. There's just so many ways of doing it and. To be honest, my biggest problem is one's not enough, yeah? Um, one is just not enough. I think I've got a great solution here at home where all my stuff is backed up to a network storage um, solution, but if something happened at home, I'd lose everything because you yeah. know my computer and my, well, and my backup are in the same place. So that's why having cloud. cloud storage is good, but uh, you know, we can get into depth here and talk about you know, RAIDs, you know, redundant oh, yeah, yeah. array of independent drives so that you've got a backup of your backups. Uh, so you can get right into it if you want to, but it's as simple as buying an external hard drive, plugging in the USB drive on your Mac or PC, and, and, and I'll put the instructions on TechGuide on how easy it is to actually form a backup. And it's not just your computers we're talking about too. Your smartphone contains a lot of your content, a lot of your data, and your tablet, and there are apps that can help you replicate that in the cloud and back it all up, just as there are with your computer. So uh, interesting and very important tip for all of our listeners. Read those instructions at techguide.com.au. Well, I thought before we jump into the reviews, Trev, we, we talk about, let's talk about a TV. Now, interesting release from Sonic. Is that how you pronounce it? The I think brand it's just Sonic, but, but you Sonic. It, it looks so that you, that you must give it a kind of a, a flamboyant name, but I'm pretty sure it's just Sonic. It needs a bit of an inflection, I yeah, think. Yeah, Sonic. So it, it, is, uh, it is the brand that's sold through JB. It's kind of their, their no-frills brand, let's just call it, uh, through JB. And they've just released a 55-inch full HD smart television for $799. And I yeah. asked the question, how good can a 799 TV be? It's full HD. It's only 50 hertz. You know, not a lot of people don't really care about the, the refresh rates. Uh, so that, you know, there are obviously TVs that cost several thousand dollars that yep. are the same size. Uh, and yet we've got people like Sonique and also Kogan who offer these bargain basement 
uh, pricing. And I found found it interesting that Kogan's TV is seven nine nine, and that's mailed direct to the customer. So the Sonic TV can be bought from JB Hi-Fi stores. So it's actually a store-bought TV mm. that's as cheap as the 55-inch version of the Kogan uh, television. And it's Kogan there now when you want it. It's not, uh, you don't have to wait for it too. Yeah, that's exactly right. So I think if uh, it, it's, it, it's an interesting conversation because they're, they're, quite, they're very affordable. If you're looking for maybe for a second TV or maybe a kid, you've got a playroom for the kids, you might want a TV. You're not going to spring for a $7,000 Samsung TV or an LG or whatever. This is a, an alternative. And look, it's $800. You can't expect it to be the absolute 4K Ultra HD quality. It's going to offer you $800 worth of value, probably mm. more so, because it's reasonably priced. The technology to build them is even better than ever. So you're getting, I think you're getting a good deal here for $799. No, I agree. And, and you know, I think it's something interesting that people need to realize that and we, we have, we're, I think we're both reasonably good fans of Kogan, Kogan products. That they're good at the level that they are. And I love, the, I love what Rosalind does to, to promote his products and, and, the, and the business that he's established. But, you know, you look at something like that and you go, well, hang on a minute. There is one just up the road at the Westfield that you can get from JB Hi-Fi and it's the same price. Um, now, now, there may be features. Let's be very clear. You know, Kogan's may be 3D. Kogan's may have a built-in uh, PVR if you put a USB in it or stuff like that. But I think, like you, uh, the second TV, the playroom, the, the bedroom, the man cave, whatever it is, is really just about having a big screen. And this is a pretty bloody affordable big screen. Absolutely, yeah. And I think, uh, you know, stand in front of it, JB Hi-Fi will have them in store. And I think that they're, gonna, they're punching above their weight. I think the quality, the picture quality is probably going to be, it's going to surprise people. It's full high definition. Mm. It's a smart TV as well. So there's built-in Wi-Fi as well you get for the price. It's got four HDMI ports as well, three USB ports, you know, built-in EPG, electronic program guide. So you're getting a lot of bang for your buck here. I think, uh, you know, good on Sonique and JB for offering a reasonable quality device at a very affordable price. Two blokes talking tech. Well, we're giving you bang for your buck here on Two Blokes Talking Tech, episode 153. Thanks to the good people at Netgear. Uh, we don't mind running a bit over time. If you're, if you're running to schedule and your 30 minutes of, of Two Blokes Talking Tech is your exercise in the morning, we'll think of this as an extra few calories to lose. <laughs> uh, Stephen's Minute Reviews are coming your way, and we're going to kick it off with, and, and on the theme of World Backup Day, uh, yes. the, uh, a backup drive. The My Passport Pro from WD, it's the first powered dual Thunderbolt portable drive. So you've got Thunderbolt, which is really fast. You've got portable, which is handy because you can take it anywhere with you. And you've got dual drive. So not only can you choose to, if you want to take advantage of both drives, so you have the whole lot to back up your product, to back up your content. Or you can set it up as a RAID, so a redundant array of independent disks that stands for. So you can back up your content on one of the dual, one of the drives and then back up that backup on the other drive. So your choice. But the, the beauty of this is it's got a built-in Thunderbolt cable, and that can connect to your Mac computer. That's a Mac uh, interface only at the moment. Mm-hmm. And you can transfer speeds of up to 233 megabytes per second. So if you're a professional photographer or you need to move a lot of content like HD video, uh, this is a very handy product to have in the field and a good way also to back up as well. The WD My Passport Pro available in two uh, two capacities, two terabytes, four ninety nine ninety nine, four terabytes, six forty nine ninety nine. And for those uh, those airport airline trips, something good in the noise cancelling world, mate. 
That's right, yeah. These are the Sony noise-canceling headphones. And what I like about them is that they, they're actually – they tick a few boxes here for me because not only do they offer decent quality, they also offer wireless connectivity, so there's no need to, to connect a cable. Uh, and they also offer noise cancellation. So the MDR ZX750BN, quite comfortable to use, leather ear cups, leather headband, get rid of the cable, can, can sync either with Bluetooth or NFC has decent audio quality because it's from Sony uh, as uh, uh, after all so they make decent audio products but the fact that it also throws in noise cancellation uh, is just another bonus and they're priced at $279 which I think makes it decent value great value and uh, you can check them out at techguide.com.au two blokes talking tech you're listening to two blokes talking tech with Trevor Long and Stephen and that's a wrap for episode 153. Thanks to the good people at Netgear uh, for their support. And uh, you can follow Stephen on Twitter at Stephen Fennick with a PH. You can follow me on Twitter at Trevor Long. And you can follow Stephen uh, four, four times a day at the Royal Easter Show from April 10, 10, 12, 2 and 4 at the Tech Arena. Stephen, uh, thank you for the chat, mate. We'll talk again next week. Yes, we will. Thanks, Trev. Thanks, Trev.